Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Mirror Podcast, episode 90. Nine zero? Nine zero, dude. We've been doing the show almost consistently. We had a little bit of problems last week, but pretty consistently for 90 episodes, 90 weeks. Wow. Uh, longer than the WCW reign. Take that, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Uh, I am your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host to my right. He is the 10th one of the world, the puncher of walls, Dicklish himself, Richard Garcia. Welcome back, everyone. It, it is great to be back here. It's great to be, yeah, here on the Put Me Over podcast. It's been, we had to take last week off. Um, I had a trip to beautiful Laughlin, Nevada. Uh, did a little gambling, did a little bit of partying, had a great time, uh, came up pretty, pretty significantly. I nice. Came, I set, I set the, I wanted to come home with 600 bucks and I came home with 600 bucks. Set your goals this year. Nice, dude. And basically it was a free trip. So T- to me, like as long as you don't have to pay anything out of pocket, like if you break even on each trip, yeah. that's a win. So yeah, I, I netted 600, which was nice. I mean, fucking a win for the good guys. We need to put that into the put mover fund because this this production needs a brand new computer, ASAP. So please, guys, um, visit our sponsors and maybe buy some merch from us. Yeah, and we've been having computer issues for a while, but I think also that's also the reason why we we haven't been consistent with last week as well. Is uh, Andrew's computer? We need to have a GoFundMe for your computer, dude. Please go fund me. Um, at my Venmo is at a3k. At it's me a3k. Um, no, don't, you don't have to do that. But definitely, uh, we need to invest in a new computer. It's it's not that old of a computer. It's it's a 2015 iMac. Um, so I guess it's five years, maybe almost five years. Um, it should it should not be having the problems. So if there's any Mac aficionados out there um, that know their way how to speed up this thing. Um, please do it because we just spent the last thirty minutes waiting for GarageBand to load, so that's not fun. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Um, and then we were talking about, about it before we went on about um, there might be like an issue. I don't know if you guys have the same issue as well, but when you have a computer or any type of um, any, any type of phone or technology that you have over a, a certain amount of time, it tends to decrease in as far as productivity goes. You tend to have more issues as it, as it gets older. Yeah, like why would they make a computer that is going to last a really long time? Let's make a computer that's going to last maybe four years. That way he's going to have to get a new computer. Otherwise, we're out of business. Technology is even worse than cars when it comes to stuff like that. It, it actually is, yeah. As soon as, as soon as you buy it, as soon as you take it home with you, it's already outdated. Speaking of buying things... Ooh, let's get into our sponsors yes. for this week. Let's give it up to our boys at lapelyad.com. If you're ever in the market for some wrestling merchandise, look no further. Go to lapelyad.com. Use our promo code put me over and in turn, that website will put you over and you'll get 20% off your entire order. Uh, they're going to be dropping some shit for the Rumble coming up pretty soon. Uh, they just uh, un- released a secret um a secret drop just came out for Brody King. Definitely nice. go to their Instagram, too, and turn on the notifications because um, they're secretly dropping shit all the time. Um, also, another 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 uh, sponsor of the show and great friends, make sure you go to grudgematchbrand.com and check out their web store. Um, another Instagram you should follow and turn on notifications for because they drop, they drop stuff here and there, um, and they're usually hot fire. So definitely go check out Grudge Match Brand on Instagram and go check out their website, see if you like anything. And while you're at it, might as well go to our web store, putmeover.com for all of your put me over merchandise wants and needs. We got hoodies, we got hats, we got iPhone cases, sweaters. It's been so cold lately. Go get yourself a put me over sweater. It's winter time, baby. Show your support 
and get um, and, and and get looking classy. Get a koozie or two, and get a, or get a dick shirt for that matter. Get a picture of Dick's face. Who doesn't want that? And just proudly show. And when they ask you, like, hey, what is that? You tell them, it's the Pull Me For Podcast. The new, 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 new world order of professional podcasting. We got a lot to get into this week, guys. And you know what? Unlike technology, that shit will never go out of style. Ever. Okay? Uh, just make sure, you know, you uh, you wear it proudly. Uh, but like I said, we have a lot to get into. We missed last week, unfortunately. I, I apologize, guys. Um, shit happened, so... Take that for what it will. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Anyways, before we get into all this week in wrestling, we got to get into the news. We got to get into the dirtiest dirt sheets we could find. And we got just the person to do it. It's the news segment. It's called Dick's Dirty News. And it's coming up right now. What? Take it away, Dick. Whatever is old is new is what they say. And, uh, yeah, we did miss quite a bit of news. Uh, the new year definitely brought us a lot of news. Um, st- and we got to start off with the bad news, is, uh, unfortunately. Uh, J- Dwayne Johnson's father, Rocky Johnson, passed away at 75. R.I.P. Uh, soul Man Rocky Johnson. Soul Man Rocky Johnson. I mean, we'd be remiss without you mentioning his passing um, this week. Uh, definitely came as a, as a surprise. Uh, Seventy five years old, um, and he looked like he was in great shape throughout his life. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. Even uh, when which mania was it where he came out to help the Rock? Was that against? Uh, I think it was WrestleMania thirteen. Yes, um, and I mean he's you you could see him on WWE, you know, here and there. Um, I think it definitely was like a surprise. I don't think anyone saw it coming. I don't think he was sick. I don't think we heard anything about that. Um, but definitely uh, big uh, thoughts and prayers or well wishes to the Johnson family. Um, a lot of uh, there was a few wrestling deaths uh, in the past couple of weeks that have just been uh, kind of rocked the world. Um, we had La Parca, the AAA version. Yes, of La Parca. not not the original La Parca that was in WCW, aka L.A. Park. Um, we did mention this a while back. He was in a match against Roosh where he did fuck, he did get fucked up pretty bad, was trying to do a, a, a tope suicida, and he didn't quite exactly make it through. Roosh tried to do the best he can to catch him, but unfortunately he did land on his neck and he did suffer some, some uh, pretty gnarly da- uh, damages that he couldn't, quite, he couldn't recover. So yeah. he did die from the result of the injury. Yeah, I mean, when we saw it, we knew that that was like the absolute worst way you could take that. Um, he landed right, right in f- like head first into the guardrail, right? Yeah, on, on the, like like the corner of the guardrail on the floor. Um, either way, it it did not look good for him at all. And uh, yeah, he just suffered. He, the, the damages were just too much for him to to catch up. And it wasn't also Rush's fault either, because Rush, I mean, he, he like Rush did the best he could. It's just that. Uh, La Parca did shorten it. He didn't quite project it to where he can actually hit Rouge. Yeah, He's and also fifty-six-year-old dude. And, that, and that's going another for thing. That dive. He, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. Um, that was just something that they could have. He could have easily avoided, but just wanted to do it. Um, t- typical tope suicida, and um, just couldn't recover. And it's 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 definitely a a, tra- a tragedy. Yeah, um, wrestling deaths don't get any easier. Um, these are guys that entertain us, and they put on a show, and you know they all they all do their hardest to to make sure us fans are happy. So 
you know, when when someone passes away, it's 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 never easy. Um, it's never gonna get no, easy. Of course not. Um, but you know, just make sure when you when you see these guys realize that what they're what they're actually doing out there. Um, it it is literally life and death sometimes. Yeah, they do put a, they 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 definitely put their bodies on the line each and every night. And I think in the grounds, especially now, we don't really take into consideration um, that the, the the wrestling has evolved so much that. We see these. We see these athletes, and they really are athletes. They go above and beyond what they do. They do these. They do these moves that are really dangerous. But th- when you look at the moves, it's almost like second nature. Like it looks really easy to perform, but you, and you forget that mentality. Like wow, you know, one false move and something bad could really happen. Yeah, yeah, and we we've seen it um, a few times. Um, but yeah, definitely um, some big some big names that we lost this week. Um, what else we got, Dick? We, I, I got to continue with more of the bad news. Um, um, last week, um, Tessa Blanchard did release a Twitter statement. I'm sure, like it's been covered everywhere, but I think we have to talk about this because we lost it's, a week. It's, it's a very big. It's it's a very big news topic. Uh, Tessa Blanchard last week she was going to wrestle, or she did wrestle, um, Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship, and she did win the match. She did become the first woman to win a men's world championship in North America. I think we have to spec we have to put that definition or or, or, or that that mark that she did win it in North America um as, as, far, as far as the major promotions go she beat Sam McCallan. she is the first uh, woman to to win the men's championship however the day before that she did go on Twitter and she released a statement saying it you know what's really cool is that if all women went out there and supported each other and that opened the floodgates yeah, it came off a little hypocritical um, of her because she's been known to kind of be a bully backstage, maybe a little bit of politicizer, and um, this uh, this came, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, especially people that have had interactions with her. I don't really know a whole lot about the story. I know that there was uh, racism alleges, and um, I'm not really sure if it was part of her gimmick, if that's if she was trying to get some heel heat. In 2020, definitely don't use the N word to get heel heat because that's that's not the right that's not the right way to go about it. Absolutely, in life in general. Um, and she spit on her, but I'm that sounds like she's just trying to get heat, but um, maybe not use the N word. Well, this is this is what we know so far. Um, this happened from a couple of years ago when she was in Japan. She was wrestling a uh, wrestler by the name of La, um, La Negra Rosa or La Black Rose in in English. Um, this was uh, during the match between those two. Uh, she w- uh, spat in her face and called her the N-word. Now, as you mentioned, uh, in her defense, she did come out a couple days after that, and she said that this was all part of, um, this was a work between her and La Negra Rosa and that this was an agreement. However, um, on that day that she did release a tweet, Allison K, um, the um, the NWA um, the NWA Women's Champion, came out and um, you know brought the accusations up front to everyone, and it wasn't just her that came out with it. Chelsea Green, Chelsea Green was another one. Uh, who else? There was a f- there's quite a few. I know Chelsea Green was another one, um, and it wasn't just her and the Negro Rosa that was involved with that altercation between her and Tessa Blanchard. Turns out that Drake Maverick's wife, uh, Renee Michelle, was also uh, had a, had a situation with her as well. Renee Michelle happens to be of mi- mixed ethnicity, so she goes on and um, she she pretty much accuses the whole situation. She says like they're all in it to um, kind of sabotage her at first, and then now she says that 
well, this this statement isn't true, on the eve of her winning that championship. So yeah. that kind of that, that negated that whole um, moment for her. Yeah, she went on to beat Sammy Callahan to become the first ever women's uh, world champion in uh, in Impact and in a major promotion for that matter. Um, and yeah, that really just took the wind out of the sails for for that whole f- situation. Um, where does where does Tessa Tessa go from here? Do do we just keep going or do we try to be better? I mean, obviously try to be better, but do we try to just? Uh, I don't know. I feel like she doesn't really want to talk about anything about that. It's 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 kind of a sore subject for her. It's it's really like a dark subject uh, because. There's all these accusations, and there are like multiple women that have come out and defend and that have come out and defended her. Gail Kim has defended her amongst as one of her biggest supporters, and then you got uh, Tania Brooks, who used to be Rebel, uh, criticized her, saying that you know people do change over time. However, um, she did not change. She's been known as as a bully backstage. Um, Shanna, she wasn't she wasn't a she was in Japan at the time. Um, and she mentioned that she did. Uh, she posted a tweet saying she did more nasty stuff in Japan. Never forget, practice what you preach, sweetheart. I stand by Rosa Negra. She's a fun-loving person who would never do that. Um, and then, Renee, as I mentioned, Renee Michelle as well. She also um, was involved with this. The day I got the call from um, the Negra Rose about the incident, she made me promise to keep my mouth shut because she was afraid of being blackballed by her as promised I did so I helped her into getting marvelous which is another Japanese promotion so there's a lot of shit going on between her um and then she was also in WWE for a little bit remember she was in the Mae Young Classic yes and we were all wondering why she was never re-signed or why she was never brought in by WWE and it was reported that she did have attitude problems uh, backstage um I don't know if it was between her and other uh women that were in the tournament or her backstage with uh the personnel with WWE I mean, it, to me, it sounds really old school. Um, you had guys that didn't want to lose their spot or, you know, wanted to shine brighter. You look at your Hogan's, you look at your Macho Man, you even look at Stone Cold. You know, they they, they didn't want to give up a give up their spot or share any 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 spotlight. Um, and to me, I feel like that's how T- Tessa is. You know, wherever she goes, she dominates pretty much. When I met her at Comic Con, she was the sweetest person ever. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe the competitive nature comes out, and you want to be the best, and you want to be in a, be on a on a pedestal above everybody. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, uh, there no, no there isn't. But when you start us- using racial slurs and uh, really uh, bullying people, like I said in 2020, that there's no place for that. At all, and you, you know this could have all been avoided had she not done that tweet the day before. Because it's very hypocritical, and I'm I'm kind of glad people called her out for it because no one likes a hypocrite, right? You're gonna you, you're gonna say something like that, but then you yourself aren't practicing what you're preaching. There are people that are going to call you out there, rightfully so. Um, whether or not it's, I mean, in this case, I mean, from, from what it, from what it sounds like, it seems like that this is a serious problem, and that maybe there is more smoke to the fire. Fu- fire involving Tessa Blanchard and why she wasn't signed to begin with and why she has this reputation. Yeah, I think I think more is going to come out of this, but it sucks because she's the world champion for She beat Sammy Callahan. So it's not like she beat like someone some top tier name. Right. Sammy Callahan is very at the bottom of someone that doesn't deserve. But it's uh, but he did but he is the world champion. He yes. is there he is the highest I mean and, and theoretically he is the top guy in that promotion and she beat a man to win the man's world championship, and that should have been a much bigger deal. That's however, huge. However, this 
this is over this oversees everything that happened during that weekend. Yeah. So I mean we'll we'll find out more details as as they come along and we'll make sure to let you guys know. Uh what else we got, Dick? You know what I'm really excited about? What do you for? want to talk about? Let's wait, what's up? I'm really excited for the return of the WWE ice cream sandwiches. Yes. Um they're not the original. They they don't have it's not the same setup. It doesn't have the the cook the the chocolate on the back, but we're getting the return of WWE bars in in uh, ice cream sandwich bars in 2020. In 2020, it only took CM Punk to bringing it up uh, what six years ago uh, for them to uh, finally bring it back. I actually emailed Good Humor about it, and they they sent me an email back. Um, you can go back to one of our past episodes. I talked about it, um, and it's good to see that you know Good Humor has a good humor about it and they're going to bring it back i think it's a good move i think uh i hope that that cookie tastes just like i remember it um but i'm excited i'm excited to try out these uh ice cream sandwiches and we'll do a full review here um on the yes. podcast when we get our hands on it i think that's a great idea i and i'm always in the mood for an ice cream sandwich so whenever we get that opportunity we're definitely gonna post it on youtube as an extra oh this is another thing i wanted to talk about um this was reported a couple of days ago, and that involves AEW. They did get an extension with TNT. Huge. That's a huge deal right there. I almost forgot about that. Uh, it's a three-year deal, correct? It is going to be a um, a deal that's going to be up until the end of 2024. Um, and the deal's, uh, It's a four-year deal that's worth $175 million in right fees. So pretty much they're getting paid $45 million a year. Now, as far as... It's not a billion-dollar contract. It's, it's not, but... Um, the important thing is, though, to to keep in mind is that this will bring them into the into the into the black this year. So they're actually going to make some sort of profit this year. I'm sure they've been losing money this whole time. Whenever you start off a wrestling company, uh, historically, you are going to be losing money. Um, yeah. Look at WCW; like they lost millions and millions of dollars. Before they finally, and it took them years to finally make a profit. I'm sure WWE was like that as well when they first started. Any any promotion is like that. You are bound to lose money at first up until if if you're successful, then that then 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 we'll go from there. We've lost a lot of money on this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely in the red. Absolutely. We're in the red. But um for them, that's a huge deal. And um it's been reported that uh the part of the deal includes having a second show on TNT or on the Turner Networks, for that matter, um, another hour show or so. Um, now, as far as that goes, my thing is it c- should not be another live hour of wrestling because I think that's way too much. I could see them moving dark over. I can also see them doing a control center type uh, programming where they you know, cover the storylines, stuff that they do like on Being the Elite yeah. that people that, you know, are watching basketball. And, and in all honesty, I think that's that's some of the stuff that they should they should post on it should show on T V because you get you got a lot of fans who don't go on YouTube or watch any of the uh exclusive or watch any of the Being the Elite or the control center stuff or even Dark for that matter. And and have that show on TNT as opposed to having it online um, that way you have the fans or the, the TV audience know what's going on. I don't, I'm personally not a big fan of going on social media to, to get further detail as far as the storyline goes. I know AEW, they kind of do that a little bit, but the one who's a bigger culprit is WWE and NXT where they, they have to, I don't, I'm not a big fan of 
if I'm watching it on TV, I want to be watching it on TV as opposed to like, hey, you got to go on social media to find out what else is going on. Yeah, and I, I unfollowed all of WWE social media because they usually spoil things instantly. So, um, you know, if I'm not watching live, they're the first ones to tweet or post a picture of someone that won a championship. Like, God damn it, I was going to get home and watch that. And now they just spoiled it for me. So, I mean, don't follow them if, if you do. Um, but, yeah, as far as... Uh, AEW is concerned. That's great news. Um, we're guaranteed at least another three, four years of AEW. Hopefully, they keep renewing and keep keep this go- momentum going because they're still winning pretty much every week in the ratings war. Absolutely, um, I'm glad you brought the ratings because uh, this week's AEW and actually for last week's they they both average over a hundred uh, nine hundred thousand viewers, and we're not even including the DVR numbers. Yeah, and those take about a week to 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 calculate. You get my my DVR numbers because uh, I I don't have time to watch anything live anymore. Yeah, um, I don't think a lot of people really do. Um, and um, NXT is hovering around like the seven hundred thousand range in the past couple weeks. It seems like um, this kind of seems like this is what's, what what the trend's going to be. AEW is almost at a million every week, uh, which is great numbers for any wrestling promotion, right. let alone one that just started last year. Um, so really good to see AEW um, turning a profit. And becoming successful. Uh, what else we got, Dick? MJF. I'm going to talk about MJF real quick. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, MJF was also working with MLW. Did you know that? I did not know that. So he was doing MLW and uh, and AEW. So he's kind of one of the few wrestlers that was able to work outside of AEW for now. Well, that's no longer going to be the case as his contract with MLW is expiring. So he's going to be full time with AEW. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense because in the beginning, we didn't see a whole lot of MJF. No, we actually haven't, uh, which is... Until recently. Until recently, he's... I mean, as far as in-ring, we really haven't seen... It. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, as far as in-ring, I don't. we haven't really seen too much of MJF. Uh, we've seen him um, cut promos like crazy, um, but not really much in-ring. Uh, Battle Royal here and there. Um so he's finally he's free and clear to to do all he wants in AEW, correct? Basically, he's full time with AEW, so we'll see we'll see where he goes from there, and um, that's perfect for AEW because I think they have him right now the 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 biggest heel in wrestling at the moment is is MJF. Yeah, he really is. I mean, regardless of what Byron might tell you, um, MJF is the best heel in wrestling right now. Um, everyone hates him, especially when you got him going against. Cody, probably the biggest baby face in AEW. Uh, this, this is this. I'm all in it's on a this great, story. It's line. a great dynamic. Um, and then put put that with Moxley and Jericho. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of good shit going on in AEW right now. Um, and we'll, we'll get into our AEW review last Abs- of the week. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, let's go ahead and get into let's go let's get into Raw and SmackDown. I think yeah. I think we're, we're pretty much all newsed out right now. I think I think uh, Raw and SmackDown for me this week were excellent, uh, especially Raw. Surprisingly, normally uh, Raw usually is the the bastard child of the week, uh, the one that I, people can skip. But not this week. You had a lot going on. You had um, a, a great opening match with uh, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and AJ Styles. Um, AJ Styles actually took a Styles clash from Randy Orton this week. He did. Um, so, and Randy Orton got the win. Um, they're really showcasing Drew McIntyre right now. Um, spoiler alert, he is my favorite to win the Royal Rumble um, just based on how he's being positioned uh, in recent weeks. 
this is a, this is a great way to kick off Raw, and it, it let us know the rest of the show was going to kind of be on that same level. I mean, give give and take a, a couple. Things. Actually, I want to correct you real quick. It was actually McIntyre that won the match. Oh, McIntyre won the match. Yeah, because Mac, uh, Orton did hit an RKO onto AJ. Oh, I see, I see. And then um, McIntyre hit did hit a Claymore onto um, Orton. onto Orton and pinned AJ for the win. Wow, so so actually it was McIntyre that won, and he's getting a lot of momentum recently. I and mean, we didn't talk about this last week. Um, McIntyre started to come out to more of a babyface reaction. He started to play more of a babyface persona, mm-hmm. and I think that's great for him because he need he needed to do something to change up his character. And it goes to show you that McIntyre is actually very he has he's actually charismatic. He's he has a charismatic personality. Absolutely, he's not just a brooding you know tough guy. He he actually can rile the crowd up and, and get people invested and involved in, in what he's doing. He's very good on the mic as well. He does the countdown now whenever he's about to do the Claymore, which I think is cool. Um, I, I Nitpick, I wish it was 3-2-1 because Claymore is like a, an explosive, right? 3-2-1 um, Claymore. But instead he does 1-2-3. Um, I hated when the, when the Dudley boys would do that uh, for the 3D. Uh, but, I mean, this is something that people are, are getting behind, which I'm all for. Um, and good for Drew McIntyre. Sorry, I I said that Randy Orton won the match. No, no, that's that's fine. Um, how do you mess up Ricochet this bad? Just um, look at what WWE has done with him ever since his debut on the main roster. Um, at first, they, I I thought they were okay with him. They had him win the U.S. Championship from AJ. Then they had him team with Aleister Black for a little bit, but that team was going well. Actually, no, at first it was with Aleister Black. They teamed up, right? Uh, yeah, they 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 actually that's how they debuted. That's right. You're you're right. Um, and then they re-debuted him, won the U.S. title, and really he has been pretty much set in um in obscurity ever since. Like he's in full mid card mode. He's in full mid card mode at this point, fighting Mojo Rawley. He gets the win with a six thirty, but really you're 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 fighting Mojo Rawley. Like this this is what we're gonna put with Ricochet. I think uh, I think that's a shame. I I feel like. Once he got pulled up to the main roster, uh, he got neutered pretty bad. Unless he's fighting Rey Mysterio or Andrade, um, pretty much cut and paste matches for Ricochet now these days, uh, which is a shame because he's capable of a lot more. And maybe that's just to save his body because now he is on the week on the road every week uh, for not only Raw but I'm sure he's doing house shows too. Absolutely. Um, so he can't go crazy like he was in NXT or on the Indies for that matter. Um, but Ricochet and Will Ospreay had. Arguably the best match of 2017. Is it 17? They had 16. a they they wrestled um, the Super Junior Cup match, right? I think it was 2017. I want. I mean, it's, it, it was a couple of years ago where they had this insane match where it just looked like it was like a vi- like an, a video game. It was off. It was a video game match. It was two AJ Styles fighting. Basically, <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> but that just goes to show you, like. Where the careers uh, you talk about a tale of two careers and where they've gone. Look at what Will Osprey is continuing to do, and look what R- Ricochet is doing now. Um, he can barely uh, buy a match unless it's someone like Mojo Raleigh. Um, so I don't know. It, it's really it's it's a bummer for me because it I, is. I think Ricochet uh, deserves a lot more. Uh, someone else, I, of course. But, but but going back to Ricochet, I don't think he would be like that if he didn't take the career pathway going into WWE. If he'd been outside, if he's in NXT, I think he would have been he would have been perfectly fine. But you just knew like NXT was just a big fit. He was gonna be a big fish in a small pond. Exactly. He was, he was destined for bigger things. It's just when he got to that big pond, that's the main roster. 
Vince didn't know what to do with him. I, and I'm hoping this Paul Heyman, this is where we're seeing the Paul Heyman effect more and more on on Raw, where, where these shows are starting to become more and more watchable. If you, I, if you I mean, this Raw was great. I mean, there was a couple things that weren't spectacular, but um, unless it, I'm just in like uh, what Stockholm syndrome, where they've just been feeding me shit, so any little glimmer of hope I think is amazing. Um, but uh, you got a guy like Ricochet that can actually put on some of the best matches in the world, and this is what you're doing with him. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a misuse of. And him. and and Heyman and Heyman sees that he sees what he has on his roster, and he's always, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to build these guys up. You know, he's trying to. I mean, he's trying to build up Ricochet. He's trying to build Humberto Carrillo. Um, Who? Exactly. That's that's not working. He's he's got a certain amount of guys that he wants to build up and you know make names out of. And we're starting to see it. We're starting to see it more and more as the weeks go by. It's going to be a long process, but it is not going to be an easy process, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, they can turn this around on Ricochet. I um, hope so too. Someone that re- re- debuted, redebuted last week was Sarah Logan, um, and she, her, and Charlotte had a big brawl last week. Um, you're thinking, okay, they're going to start doing something with Sarah Logan, um, only for Charlotte to get the upper hand and leave her lane. Then this week you think they're going to have a match and Sarah Logan can, you know, get her comeuppance and um, show that she's going to be a force in the women's division. And no, they just job her out to Charlotte again this week. Um, I don't I don't get what the point is of calling, uh, you know, redebuting someone just to job them out two weeks. What what do they do? How does this build up Charlotte? You don't need to build up Charlotte anymore. She's she's done. She's established. She's established um, for a week women's division in the raw side already i mean across the main roster um they should be doing a better job at making bigger stars of you know people like sarah logan who could redebut and have like you know be put back on top she's a great wrestler um but to just have her run into the brick wall that is charlotte flair i i think is is a misuse of her as well absolutely um and then you know they're they love their tall blonde. So you have Lacey Evans on on SmackDown that's, you know, destroying everybody too. So, you know, I I don't know. Maybe maybe she'll get her come up in the Rumble or something, but she's not winning that shit. Mm-mm. Um Brock Lesnar and 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 uh, R-Truth had a really good uh back and forth on um on Raw. Brock Lesnar last week announced he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Not only in the Royal Rumble. I don't think he's defending his title. Uh, but he's gonna be number one. He he he's gonna be number one. There's no mention of him defending the WWE title. So my theory, my thing is that if he does win the Rumble, he's gonna pick his opponent as far as who he wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. Now we were talking about this before we went before we went on. Could that mean he can go after the Universal title? Could that mean he could pick whatever he wants to defend the WWE title against? There's a lot of possibilities in this one, and I, and I'm actually I, and I like this idea. I kind of like this idea. I thought about it at first. I'm like, why is why is he in the Rumble? And I thought like that's a waste of the WWE title. But then like, who is he going to defend it against? There's no one. There's literally no one for Brock on to Raw. Challenge. There's no one on Raw. Seth maybe Rollins been nope. there, done that. Seth Rollins been there, done that. He's feuding with KO. I wouldn't put Drew McIntyre in the situation. Not yet. I mean. Not yet, not yet. But you you give him a couple months, you give him a rumble win. He could be the only person uh, that can maybe look like a credible threat I against would Brock Lesnar. S- and, and I think that's and going into that, I think that's that's my early pick to win the rumble this year is uh, is Drew McIntyre. Oh, so we're on the same page with that. We're on the same page with that. I mean, I can't see anyone else outside of Roman Reigns 
winning the Rumble. And Roman Reigns doesn't have to win the Royal Rumble. It could be someone else that hasn't won it yet that you want to build up as a star to challenge whoever. And in this case, it probably end up being Brock. And that's the problem with having giving the title to Brock. There's no one that's credible because he's destroyed everybody. Um, Brock he's too sh- broken. He should just be a special, special, you know, special attraction. Special attraction. Special announcement. He should be a <laughs> special attraction and go and just have him be there to to fight someone. Not ne- you don't need the title involved with him. Um, you, you think Humberto Carrillo is gonna come and and give Brock a a a, a, a fight at all? Um, I think it, he'll do the best he can. It'll be a it'll be a good match because I think Brock does work best with small people. Especially but Humberto Carrillo is not even a little bit established. Um, Brock is so OP, overpowered, that <laughs> um, R-Truth comes out and says announces he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, only to find out that Brock's also in the Rumble, and then he denounces his announcement. Um, I, they had he thought really it was th- Paul Heyman that was going to be in the he Rumble. He, was, he said he's going to throw Paul Heyman out, Yeah, uh, which got a big pop out of Brock Lesnar. Uh, R-Truth was great in this segment. Uh, just want to try to hurry up. Uh, Lashley and Rusev had a had a good match despite their storyline being I, I garbage. I could care less about that storyline now. It's it's jumped a shark so so many times. That I don't even care about it. The thing I, they're really downplaying this Liv Morgan uh, lesbian angle that they wanted to do in the beginning. Uh, it's almost non-existent. Liv Morgan was supposed to be ringside with Rusev for this match, and she was nowhere to be seen. Commentary didn't even uh, acknowledge that, hey, didn't she say last week she's going to be out here with Rusev? Um, and now they don't have any mention of it at all. So I feel like they're trying to scrub scrub that away from the uh, the history um, of why she's actually involved in this match. Um, after that, we had the uh, you know other stuff, but... Another big part of Raw was the contract signing between Asuka and um, Becky. And I thought Becky um, was really good in the segment. Uh, they signed the contract. Asuka hits her with a green mist, blinds her. Um, Becky sells it really well um, and then cuts like a really passionate promo right after. I thought that we've seen we've seen glimpses of Becky be great. Um, I, th- I feel like this is the the best promo that Becky's cut uh, in a while, in a long while. Cause she's she's lost a lot of momentum. Um, since she's won the title, and Oscar's um, an actual credible threat to this belt, so um, this this is bringing out a fire in Becky we haven't seen in a long time, and, and more so within the past month or so because um, Becky is, it was portrayed as Becky being afraid of of um, of Oscar, like she was she doubted herself, she didn't think she was able to beat Oscar, and it kind of made sense because last year she didn't beat Oscar, she she tapped out to the Oscar lock. Yeah, what I love about this thing. Um, They've been calling her uh, Becky Balboa for forever, and this feels like Clubber Lang versus Rocky in Rocky Three, because um, that's a good analogy. They came out and they said they they basically said we've been kind of you know protecting you uh, from fighting these bigger names. We've been protecting you from Oscar, um, and this is just Rocky Three. Um, sign me up because this is awesome. Um, I don't know if you if, if if you if anyone else has put that together, but I I saw that immediately once they started saying. You know, because back back in Rocky Three, Mickey's like, these those those were layups. They they these weren't real challenges. This guy's a killer. He's gonna kill you. Um. So when you have Becky, like, I'm I'm tired of being uh you know being protected. I I want the challenge. Uh, or she this, wants this her eye right. of the tiger. She's got to get the eye of the tiger. Give me some training montages now. That would be awesome. I would love to see that. Tie, like, tie it all together. You know what to do, WWE. 
um, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, the th- they had another awesome match. This is like the third match, and you know, there's a lot of rematches, but this is a, a match that I'm that I that I can watch a bunch of times. Um, ref botched the ending. Um, the Black Mass has been really protected up to this point, and uh, I feel like the ref. They try to they try to save it like oh you could slide a paper under how high his his uh his shoulder is off the ground well if you look back when Becky won the title Ronda's fucking shoulder was off the mat the whole time during the pin so yeah uh, but that was a minor botch and and it was to me it was a great match it was a huge botch it was a huge botch Um, that 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 turned you off on that match it didn't turn me off on the match but definitely they had to like salvage it and like give okay give me another black mask kick. Um, so the ref ref fucked that up, but other than that, the match was awesome. The thing with this is Buddy Murphy's such a great wrestler, and you put him in with a killer like Alistair Black, right? The name Buddy Murphy literally sounds like a jabron. Buddy Murphy it doesn't feel credible. Alistair Black sounds like a fucking badass. Buddy Murphy, we need to repackage this guy. This is this is someone that can definitely, um, uh, this. Benefit. This is a this is something the guy like Buddy Murphy can definitely benefit from a rename. Not a. Sh- this is basically Shorty G, um, levels of bad names um, in the company. Uh, that's my only gripe with 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 that whole thing. Um, and then the main event, uh, the Big Show, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and AOP. Uh, a fist fight is what they wanted to call this because they wanted to have a first ever something. Right. Uh, spoiler alert. This was just a. Street fight, I guess, a no DQ match. Okay, it was not a the fist fight in which we were thinking of. Like to me, I was I, thinking brawl for all. I, I'm, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like let's a boxing get, match. Let's get Bart Gun and Doctor Death out there and let's have a fucking fight. Uh, but this was just a street fight. Highlight of the match for me was uh, Kevin Owens going full Tony Hawk pro skater and uh, delivering a senton off of the. Half that was pipe. really cool. I like that spot. That was that was the spot of the maybe spot of the week. Um, but this this is this is good. I like this. Uh, we can get the big show out. Maybe put someone else there. Um, the ending of Raw in general was awesome because it looks like the Messiah has a new disciple in Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy was dejected the whole match after he lost again to Black to the Black Mass to Aleister Black, the Black Man, um, and he was dejected. He stayed out there for the rest of Raw after that match. I'm um, just kind of like, what the fuck, and then. Seth, they're getting killed out there. Seth Rollins goes out to Buddy Murphy. He's like, help us. We need your help. And then Buddy Murphy goes and delivers a low blow to the Big Show. And they do a triple powerbomb to Big Show, if I remember correctly. And now Buddy Murphy is now a disciple of the Messiah. And I am all about it. We actually have a faction, an actual faction. um, On, On Raw. On Raw. I mean, this is a lot like how Evolution was. Um, you have your established star. You have, um, and and you have the up and comers, and you have a, a the beef in AOP. You have the high flying up and comer in Buddy Murphy, and now you have Seth Rollins, established superstar. I'm I'm all on board with this. This is awesome, and Seth as a heel is even better. They needed uh, he needed to um, he needed his, to break away from being a baby face. Um, I'm okay with the whole Monday Night Messiah gimmick. But of course, WWE can't help themselves. The commentators cannot help themselves to to say it every ten seconds. Yes, they have to beat it into us, like into as if we don't get it. Like, by the way, this is the Monday Night Messiah. 
Ooh, we get it. We get it, WWE. We get it. But keep keep this up, guys. Um, it's got we got to kind of breeze through everything else. Uh, Raw. That's how good Raw was this week. There was a lot to talk about on Raw. Uh, the Bash of the Beach version of AEW I thought was awesome. The little details of having the announcers and the ring crew, even the guys that like run the cables, were all wearing like Hawaiian shirts. Uh, the set was themed. They had a that a hot chick with big boobs sitting on oh, a, as a, on a, a lifeguard as a lifeguard. I don't think she's saving anybody's life. Uh, maybe with some flotation device of some sort. She took my breath away. <laughs> um, and Justin Roberts looked very pimp, by the way. Oh, definitely looked very pimp. Um, but overall, I mean, from the get, AEW had me hook, line, and sinker. The the fatal four-way tag team match for the number one contendership um, I thought was a great match. Um, if you want to talk about spots, this match had it in spades. Um, what did you think of, of AEW this night? A solid show this week. Um, the tag team match, the opening. I mean, the one thing about AW, they've always they, they've done it consistently, and I think this is a great strength that they have is they open up with a hot match in the beginning. Whether it would be in this case, it was a fatal four way for the number one contendership, or any any match for that matter, they know how to start the show hot, and yeah. they can end it. They end it pretty good in in the end. Um, the middle, it's it's a bit of a work to do. I think um, they're trying to. They're, they're, um, I think that's not. It's it's a weakness, but it's not a major weakness. Um, to me, as long as you start to show hot and finish the show hot, I think the, the middle can always be worked on, and you can always go from there. Yeah, and one thing that this uh, tag match not only did establish number one contenders in Page and Omega, but it also is is showing more of a rift between the elite guys and Hangman Page. Absolutely, um, which was really fun to see. Um, Page and Omega end up getting the victory. So good on them for that. That that was probably my match of the week. Was If you're going to go back and watch anything, that's the match of the and week. And they're going to be wrestling SCU next week. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. On the Jericho cruise ship. That's going to be interesting to see like how they're going to... Um, uh, the, the Jericho cruise, they're going to set sail on Monday the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. So whoever is going to be out on the um, Rock and Rager, um, please let us know how it is. You know, um, We'd like to hear your thoughts on how... How how it's going down and um yeah definitely any feedback please let us know um they're gonna film and they are gonna film uh, dynamite on on the cruise and it's gonna be showing not live but it's gonna be uh, pre-recorded so uh, yes you're right that match is gonna be happening th- um th- this upcoming Wednesday. Um, Moxley and Guevara had a really good match, but the match I want to talk about was the Diamond Dallas Page Q T Marshall who was there for some reason. And uh, Dustin Rhodes versus the Butcher, the Blade, and MJF. Um, we got to see more of what MJF can actually do in the ring. And in classic fashion, <laughs> DDP had his ribs taped, uh, which I, lo- I loved. That was a nice Th- little those, touch. Those ribs have been healed in 20-plus years. <laughs> um, but DDP can still go. He's damn near six years old, and he's put it on. I mean, he's not like a, he did do a dive to the outside, which was nuts. Um, but the fact that he can get the crowd so invested. What is what is up with, with like these these guys are like in their fifties and sixties? Like I feel like they have something to prove. I mean, Dustin's doing Canadian destroyers off the top rope. Ricky Morton's Ricky in his Morton 60s, is doing, He's doing Canadian destroyers. Yeah, uh, that we, guy has a death wish. They should call him uh, retirement home destroyers. Seriously. Um, but anyways, uh, I I. I just love the way that the crowd gets behind DDP. He's so charismatic, and his facials and everything he does in the ring is so crisp 
and it tells a story in, you know, I thought... I thought MJF's shirt when he entered the ring was fucking great. Oh, it, it said, uh, I banged. And I it has banged the, Dallas's daughter. It has the, the DDP bang logo. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was a great touch right there. Um, that just goes to show you how much of a dick MJF is. Oh, he's, he's a giant asshole. And then you have Darby Allen and Pac. Um, I thought this was a great main event. Darby Allen... Darby Allen's going to be a star. They keep calling him an enigma, which is, you know, the hint, hint, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> um, to me, he is a modern-day Jeff Hardy. I, I he, The guy puts... He, the way he just throws his body out at everyone is... Like, I, I'm scared of him. I'm scared of what what could possibly happen to him. Yeah. Um, the winner of this match will go on to fight uh, Moxley for the number one contendership. Um, and this is a drag out good brawl that these two guys had. And you have Pac hitting the black arrow and getting the win over Darby Allen win in a long, good fight. Um, so now next week we're going to have um, Pac versus Moxley. John Moxley, who was brutally attacked by Chris Jericho. I've never seen someone use a title belt as an actual whipping device. Have you ever seen that? I have not until re- until recently. It's been a, yeah, I don't think I have actually. And then after that, Moxley or uh, Moxley gets a spike. Uh, Jericho takes one of the spikes off his shredder jacket and stabs him in the eye. It looked like they tried to say it was the eye. It looked like maybe it was the forehead, but um, he definitely has some eye damage. Um, what do you think about that, Dick? It, it was an homage to uh, thirty years ago when um, the uh, World War when the World Warriors had turned on Dusty Rhodes. And I think it might have been Hawk that used one of his spikes. Oh, shit. And he planted it into Dusty's eye, made him bleed. Um, and JR, actually, JR and Tony Schiavone were actually on doing commentary on that match. Um, Solomon, no Yeah, Solomon said, pointed it out. Well, I'm shot to Solomon, as always. He uh, pointed it out on his uh, live feed for his review that it was an homage to. Um, well, obviously, the homage was obvious. It was an homage to that angle that happened 30 years ago. But I completely forgot that JR and Tony Schiavone were, were both there when that happened. They were both uh, doing commentary. I remember JR was there when he was doing the commentary, but I forgot about Tony Schiavone. And I thought, wow, that's that's actually a really neat um, a neat um, fact right there. Yeah. And the, they're really good at doing that, too. Um, you also had Cody accepting uh, MJF's demands. So to speak, yes, um, he did. So we're gonna get that Wardlow cage, cage match, um, not next week, but the following week, I believe. Wardlow versus Cody, um, in the first ever cage match for in AEW, which is gonna be cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of cage they want to use. Uh, bl- bring back the blue one. <laughs> if they're bringing back old shit, bring back the old blue cage. Um, and that was pretty much AEW. There was a couple other things, you know, the the uh, Nightmare Collective, which. I, I don't know. I feel like they're off to a rocky start with that. Um, I don't know what this uh, Luther guy has going on. He kind of seems like a little bit of a putty patrol kind of situation. Or he's, right. there to, he's there to just cause interference and get beat up. Uh, they're making a big deal that he was like a big deathmatch guy in, in Japan. but Years ago. I just seen him get beat up with a kendo stick and like get laid out and then like not do anything right after that um, by Ishida. Um, so, eh. We'll see. I'll give it a little bit more time. Um, let's switch to NXT. NXT had another great show this week. Um, started off with a really hot uh, tag team match between 
Mark Andrews and Flash Gordon. No, Flash. Flash uh, Morgan Webster. Flash Morgan Webster against uh, the Broserweights, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. Uh, hot match. Hot match to start the show. Um, almost as good as the uh, the match uh, that we saw in AEW. Uh, but, I mean, it's you, AEW. You could take your pick as far as uh, which, which match goes. This uh, is my second for match of the week. Um, I thought they had a really good match. The, the The final moments of this match was awesome. Uh, what did you think, Dick? Solid, solid tag team match from the beginning. Great way to um, to start. Well, to start off, to start off uh, NXT. Actually, before that, I just wanted um, before that was actually the, they did show the undisputed era uh, attacking Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa backstage. Um, Keith Lee was very heated. He really wanted to. Um, go after uh, Roddy Strong. So oh, yeah. I think that's going to be the next match right there for him. Uh, well, he's the number one contender right now. He is now. the number one contender, that's right. Yeah. So um, it's ma- it makes sense for him to, uh, to you know, to finally capture the North American belt, put some gold on that waist yeah. of his. He, uh, he's going to need a belt extender for sure. Um, but he, he went full Hulk mad um, on this whole episode. He did, right, um, and rightfully so. So advancing in the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic is going to be the Broserweights. Um, I thought Andrews and Webster were gonna uh, were gonna pull this one out. I thought they were gonna have the upset. Uh, that was not to be. They had a really good showing though, and it, it's doing its job and making me want to tune into NXT UK. I'm not going to, but there, there's some talent over there for sure. Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan, Webster is a great. They're they're a great tag team. Um, obviously, you have Walter and Imperium over there. Um, you you have talent over there in in on that brand. It's just it's too much you really have to at this point you have to pick and choose what you want to watch and unfortunately I'm, for I'm me full. i'm yeah full. I'm, I'm full here as well like i still I watch nwa power that goes to show you that how much extra wrestling i'm watching that we don't even review on the show yeah we should. and and nwa power has been solid and nwa power has scott steiner who's cutting fucking promos that they're having to bleep for youtube um they're doing a lot of good shit over there too. So I mean, if you're not watching NWA Power, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's an hour long. It's a it's a quick watch. It's quick and there's a lot of story. There's not the matches aren't five stars. You're not gonna find like a all time classic on there, but you're definitely gonna find some interesting characters that you're gonna invest in. And uh, I think what they're doing with and that's a great change of pace from what's going on right now. Oh, absolutely. It's it's, it's such a palate cleanser um, after Raw on Monday. Uh, to get some actual story even, going, e- even after AEW or before AEW or before NXT, um, you know, and NWA has done a solid job. And I'm, I don't mean to segue into NWA, but I think they've done a solid job as far as storytelling and promo. They they're doing it at a level that neither WWE on the main roster, NXT, or even to AEW to they are story driven with these guys. Um, in the ring, they keep it as simple as possible because they know that they're not going to be able to outwork any of the NXT guys or any of the AEW guys, for that matter. Let's just Although keep it simple. Nick Aldis is awesome. Nick Aldis is awesome in general. I think it, all around, he's like he is a legit uh, t- top guy. He's a legit world champion. Yeah, um, he's a great person to have the belts on right now. The the feud with him going on right now with uh, fuck who's he feuding with? Um, Marty Scroll. No, well, that's that's another wrinkle. That's in that another line. wrinkle in that one too. Um, Nick Aldis isn't making any friends, and that that's another piece of news that we missed too. Is Marty Scurll is uh, we all thought he was AEW bound, but he is now uh, returning to Ring of Honor, 
as an executive VP, they gave him a lot of power to come back. He, he has creative control. Um, that's right. That's what we forgot to talk about that's too. That's one big thing. Yeah. Um. So he's working less dates. Number one. Uh, number two, he is getting um, more creative control into it. So for the longest time, Delirious was the booker in Ring of Honor. So now he and he realizes that that's too much for him. He's been doing it for almost for well over a decade. So he's relinquishing some of that power over to Marty, hoping that maybe they can come up with some ideas to revitalize the Ring of Honor brand. I mean, you look at Villain Enterprises. They're literally the only thing that's saving Ring of Honor right now. At the moment, yeah. And um, apparently, another thing we forgot to mention is um, their uh, their contract with New Japan. Uh, so there are a couple of New Japan stars on the Supercard of Honor that's happening WrestleMania weekend. Um, amongst them is um, Will Ospreay. He's going to be there. Oh shit! That's, so that's huge. So that's huge for them, and that goes to show you that that deal with Ring of Honor and New Japan, it's still there's still some life in it. Okay. All right. Get me back. Get me back, guys. So let's see what they do with it. Um, we have the returning of the time splitters, Alex Shelley and Kushida. Um, really good to see Alex Shelley on on NXT and in the WWE ring. And this tag team as well. Didn't think it was ever going to happen. Um, I was going back to, you know, Motor City Machine Guns, him and uh, Chris Saban. And um, I realized Alex Shelley's been around for a long time. Yes, he has. Um, he has long hair now. He looks awesome. They had a, this was a, this was an okay match. It wasn't the opening match. Um. You know, you brought you brought him back. You brought back time splitters, and you you job him out in the first round. Uh, not the way I would have went about it. It was it was more to uh, to present what the grizzled young veterans can do. Yeah, they want to get the they want to they, now they have two teams from NXT and two teams from NXT UK duking it out for this Dusty Classic. Right. Um, so, I mean, good showing, um, and I'm excited to see. This is what I was talking about before. Kushida is. Kind of lost in the shuffle with the main event scene right now. Um, I feel like all the players are kind of set, and Kushida is a fucking awesome wrestler. He deserves to be there, but there's no room for him right now. So what do we do? Let's put him in the tag team, bring back the time splitters, and have them be a legit tag team in the tag team division. I think it's a great move, not only for Kushida, but now you're having Alex Shelley back. Um, I sign me up for that. If if they stay, if they stay as the time splitters, that just adds another team to that tag team division that NXT has. And um, it, and there's not that there's anything wrong with it, the tag team division, but like outside of undisputed era, who else do you really have that are established tag teams? Exactly. Um, I didn't really think about this till recent, till, till recently. Not until really until time spurs are, have been reunited. Like who else do you really have? Because Forgotten you, Sons, Forgotten Sons, Undisputed uh, Era. Uh, I mean Pete Dunn and <laughs> I mean Pete Dunn and that's a thrown together team. That's a thrown together team. You have a lot of thrown together teams that are on here. Um, and you don't have. I I think they're missing. They are missing a tag team. They're missing a lot of tag teams because their tag teams are starting to go to Raw or SmackDown. Um, having another team on there would help bolster that division a lot. It's funny because AEW NXT. It's almost like they have like their 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 greatest strength happens to be a major weakness for the other. Uh, look at the women's division. Um, the NXT's women's division is by far the strongest. It's stacked. It's it's overstacked. I, I think you could even yeah. argue that. Um, where they can afford to lose talent, and they'll still be the top division. They'll still have a lot of talent within uh, NXT. AEW, they're starting to build up little by little. I think they are they are improving when it comes to the women's division, but they are behind NXT. Yeah. Um. The tag team division, I mean, in a, you look at AEW's tag team division, they are by far 
that they have the most they have the most stacked tag teams in that division. Look at the fatal four way that we saw this week. Oh my god. Yeah. That's four of the top teams in AEW, not including the Lucha Bros. Not even including the Lucha they Bros. They weren't even on the show this week. Not including SEU. SEU are the tag team champions. Um yeah. For a roster that we we I mean, I feel like it's still a lot incomplete. It's very incomplete, but yet they have a the tag division. They're they're definitely focusing on a they, well-rounded they, tag division. They promised it in the beginning, and look at where we're at. Um, solid, all about it. Um, another solid thing happening on uh, NXT was Leo Rush, Tyler Breeze, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, this was another contender for match of the week for me. Um, you had a triple threat for Angel Garza's uh, cruiserweight. NXT or 205 Live cha- Cruiserweight title? It's the NXT It's NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, which is kind of redundant because everyone's a Cruiserweight in NXT. Um, let me ask you Let me ask you about, about the Cruiserweight division. I think we might have mentioned this before, but do you feel like these guys are pigeonholed to be exclusively in one division, yet uh, they can be outside of the division and they can do just as well? I mean, yeah, big time. Um, I don't think having a, a, a weight limit does anyone any anyone favor because they don't honor it, really. I mean, you look at Finn Balor, who might be 206, so he's not going to be included. I think, he's, in, I think he's less than that, as I, a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of these guys who are barely, they're barely above 205. I don't think they're even 205 in real life. It's It's in the landscape of 2020 and the way wrestlers are. Everyone is about in that 205 region. So to make a 205 live, a 205 limit for a cruiserweight title, um, I don't think it does it does any any good. Uh, they can get rid of it and just have them fight for a mid card title and be fine. And I think that's what they should do is um, integrate these guys in with the rest of the roster because you got some of the guys who are above 205 that are very athletic. They're just as, like there's no distinguishment. The only thing that, that separates them is just an, an arbitrary weight. Exactly. Uh, but Isaiah Swerve Scott, who doesn't look like he's 205. No, he's not. Uh, um, won the match, uh, so he's now going to be included in a fatal four-way at Worlds Collide for the Cruiserweight title. So, I mean, that that's cool. Um, I'm all for that. Um, Angel Garza, real quick. I, I think this is more of a bigger problem that NXT has than anything else, but especially with Angel Garza's character. Is he a babyface or is he a heel? Because when I heard him on commentary, he definitely came off uh, pretty heelish. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna. It's interesting because they wanted a big. They wanted him to be a, a big babyface, uh, and I think they had their perfect babyface Latino in Angel Garza. Because how can, how can you boo him after proposing to his girlfriend in the <laughs> ring yeah. on TV? Not I, only that, but after a match where like he had to overcome all the odds to get the victory, he was getting cheered. Yeah, in, in that match against Leo Rush. Um. Really, really weird what they're doing with him. I mean, he's still awesome, but I mean, the great, gimmick where he takes off his pants—great talent—is kind of a heel thing, right? It is kind of a heel thing. Uh, some of his mannerisms are heelish. Some of them are babyface. He has a babyface move set. I think a lot of it, it's just there's too much gray. Like I don't think there's 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 not enough established babyfaces and heels. Um, and and it's not just it's not just NXT that has this problem. AEW has a similar problem as well. Um, the main, both main rosters have a have a problem as well, where like they they're too much in the gray, and I'd like for all of them to kind of step away and be like, this is a definitive babyface and this is a definitive heel. Not everyone can be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not everyone can be Stone, but but look at Steve Austin. Steve Austin was a babyface, even though he didn't really change much as far as as his 
tactics go, he always brought like a like a heel, but in the end, he was always a baby face. Yeah. Um, after that, we had a battle royal for the number one contendership. I don't like this. I don't like that the number one contender is decided in a battle royal. Uh, give me a tournament. Give me a storyline. I feel like it's kind of lazy whenever they do this. But I, I agree. We had um, a battle royal that had you, you. You look at the ring and you look at all the talent. You 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 can go from Shotzi Blackheart to Santana Garrett, who are new. I mean, we know them, but they're they're new to NXT. Um, in a ring with you know people like. Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler and you know the list goes on and on about how stacked this ring is you you have um freaking uh Candice LeRae um a lot of a lot of women in this match were are top tier names and they're all Mercedes Martinez as well the newly signed Mercedes Martinez yes and and not only that, like I, it, it's lazy in the sense that the Royal Rumble is going to be coming up <laughs> exactly. a week away. So some of these women that are actually going to be in the Battle Royal, they may end up being part of uh, the Royal Rumble on behalf of the NXT roster because this year for the Royal Rumble, NXT is included as well. Not that they weren't always included, because we had a couple surprises over the years where we had NXT stars coming in. I think Shayna Baszler goes into the Women's Royal Rumble this year. I think so too. Um. But we had Bianca Belair uh, edging out the entire roster uh, to become the number one contender to Rhea Ripley. Um, I feel like they just had this match not too long ago, which is why I was surprised that Bianca won this match. I take that back. I take back everything I just said because it was Bianca and um, Baszler, not Ripley. Yes. So, um, you know, I, is, is Bianca a heel now? I feel like uh, I feel like she's been a babyface for a little while. I don't know with her, like, I mean, it kind of seemed like she was... Um, it, wasn't she on Team Ripley? She was... No, she wasn't. She was on Team Baszler. Oh, see, all this shit happened so much. She was on Team Baszler, and she she was, for the most part, a heel, but yet she has a babyface move set as well. Um, they're just not established. Like, you can't... You don't know who's who as far as who's established heel or who's established as a babyface. And I feel like the NXT crowd is smart enough to ignore babyface and heel and just cheer, you know, everybody because everyone's so awesome. That yes, but I think at the same time you need to have you need to establish who's a ba- well. We you look at Adam Cole? He's the biggest he's, heel he's in the biggest heel. and he's the biggest baby face. Also, he gets he does get cheers. He does he does do get cheers. Is there one heel in NXT that legitimately gets booed? Yeah, before, not even Shayna Baszler gets healed before yeah. he, before he got hurt. Tommaso Ciampa. Okay, that that's a great example. But before now, he got hurt, now he's baby face. Again. Now he's a baby face. But you knew he you knew when he came back he couldn't be a heel. He no. could not be a heel after that. Returning after everyone, you know, pretty much counted him out. Yeah. yeah, you can't be a heel after that. I mean, they did it with Daniel Bryan too. You know who they didn't do it with when they came back with Seth Rollins. As soon as he came, remember when he got hurt and he took almost a year off from oh, his yeah. uh, from his uh, ACL tear. We all thought he was going to come as a face. And I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> That's just hey yo. Um no, but um uh, but in all seriousness though, like you were out for so long. Um, it was only natural for him to come back as a baby face, but instead they had him go back to being a heel, and that didn't quite work out for him. A lot of things haven't worked it, out. They for haven't Seth worked Rollins. out for Seth Rollins, but that's another topic we'll get into another day. Um, let's get into another topic here. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. up to this point, WWE has been pretty good this week. How um, was SmackDown? I didn't really get a chance to watch SmackDown this week. SmackDown actually did a pretty good job for itself. Um, 
the uh, they they had Kane come out in the in the in, in the intro. It was good to see Kane back. Um, you know, you get those nostalgia pops. Um, and then the Fiend interrupts him, which it creates a a new kind of uh, dichotomy for Kane because now you think he's the red the big red machine, but there's a bigger red machine that fights under an actual red light now. Um, in the Fiend, um, Fiend comes out from under the ring. Um, Kane turns around and says, "Hey, what took you so long?" And then Daniel Bryan flies out of nowhere with the running knee. Uh, you know they're giving Dan O'Brien the hope. They're 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 getting people to be invested in the storyline. I'm all for it. The Fiend goes back under the ring, and Dan O'Brien rips out a couple of his dreads. Um, which I mean, it's a good you know homage to what happened to Dan O'Brien not too long ago. Um, and then backstage, Dan O'Brien cuts a really good babyface promo to the point where his veins are popping out of his head because um, he's so incensed and enraged. He wants the Fiend. Um, and then we had John Morrison's first match on SmackDown in like ten years, something like that. It's been at least it's been several years. Um, and he fought Big E, and I thought John Morrison looked great. Um, I've seen him, you know, wrestle bar wrestling. I've, he's done a lot of indie stuff, Lucha Underground. Um, but to be back in a, in a WWE ring, he looked really happy. Um, it looks like him and Miz are going to be heels now, uh, fighting the New Day. Uh, Miz beat Kofi last week, so naturally we're going to get probably that tag match at the Royal Rumble. And, and in all honesty, like if they're not, they have nothing planned for the Miz. I think, well, not, I think his baby face run was a complete clusterfuck. That should not, I mean, they dropped the ball on that one, one right? One of the there. worst ones. Absolutely. Not only because the Miz is such a natural heel, I never trust them as a baby face. Right. Um, but to put him in that program with Shane and have him lose at every turn uh, did him no favors. That, I, that to it me made me him, hate the Miz even more. That to me hurt him more than anything else was the fact that they could have, they probably could have pulled it off. And, you know, at first I was not a fan of Miz being a baby face, but then, like, as it progr- as the storyline progressed with Shane, I'm like, okay, maybe this is starting to work out. But then once we got to WrestleMania, that was not the plan, was not to have the Miz go over. He lost every match up to that point. Why would you not give him the his comeuppance? Everyone was so tired of Shane. He was probably the biggest heel in the, in the company at the time. And not in a good way. And not in a good way. But why wouldn't you like give your baby face the comeuppance and send people home happy? But for some reason... Uh, it's like <laughs> it's like when the dad's the coach of the team and like his son's not a good pitcher, but the dad insists his son is the best pitcher, so he puts him out there. Right. Um, that's pretty much what happened here. Vince was the the coach. Um but yeah, Morrison still that starship pain, I feel like he doesn't hit it right every single time. It is it is a difficult move to hit. The twists and everything that go into yeah. it, it looks really difficult. Um, he's never landed flush on somebody, I feel like. That was one of the notes I had. Um, the Usos and the Revival, we've seen that match way too many times. Um, this is what I want to talk about. Bailey and Lacey Evans. It was supposed to be Sha- Sasha Banks and Lacey Evans. Um, Lacey Evans attacked uh, Sasha, so she hurt her ankle. Bailey had to come in and uh, pick up the slack. Was forced, actually, by some higher-up executive. I don't know. He's wearing a suit. I don't know who he was. Um, so it was going to be Bailey versus Lacey and, um, we're getting, you know, another rematch. Um, Lacey Evans wins clean with the women's right, um, to pin the women's champion. (sighs) Where do I begin? I, I feel like this, this baby face turn for Lacey, the crowd might be into it. I am not into it at all. Um, she was such a, a good heel and she still does a lot of heel things in the ring. 
um, you can't just slap a sticker that says she was a Marine and she's a mom and get me to invest in her as a baby face. I don't I don't buy it, especially when she's now basically Charlotte 2.0. Uh, That's how I see her as well. She's she is a, what better way to put it than that. And now that she's like, she doesn't have any kind of like. A, I feel like now she's OP, um, the way Charlotte was, where she's gonna beat the the heels at every turn, and there's no stakes. There's no, there's no like. Uh, I don't feel like she's in danger of losing now, and that make as a babyface that makes me not like you. Right. Um. So Lacey Evans gets the win here. Um. Braun Strowman's going to win the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title soon. Um, I don't know. What What do you think about this um, Otis-Mandy thing? I feel like they added another wrinkle this week, but I feel like it's not... I don't know. It, it doesn't really do anything for me. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? It's It was cute at first. Now they're just dragging it out way too long. Now they're now they're dragging it out way too long. I, I mean, I don't know what it was going to lead. I don't know where, where it's leading up to at this point. Are we seeing? Um, are we seeing Sonia and? Because another thing to consider is that um, I think when Liv returned to interfere in the wedding with her and uh, with Lada and Lashley, I think that indirectly did kill this angle because I honestly believe they could have gone that route and they should have gone that route with Sonia and Mandy having kind of like a a, a, a love triangle, not a love triangle, but like Sonia being infatuated with Mandy. I think that's where they're going to go now. They, I feel like they realize like, oh shit, yeah, we were wrong. And they and they were going with that for a while before this before Otis got they involved. They were. Remember over they the summer? Absolutely were. Where, um, where, um, after after they were with their matches, you could see Sonia was kind of playing with Mandy's hair and, you know, um, petting her, kind of like... You know, like hey, after the match getting a little too too close, a little too, too close, right there. Yeah. Like hey, um, you know, this is a little awkward right here. Um, they, and I thought they were gonna go with that angle, but I think, but at the same, but when they went ahead and brought Liv back to incorporate that her into that storyline, that did not help them at all. Now they're going back to it. I mean, it just seems like they don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, it sounds like uh, one hand is you know wanting to do push ups, and the other one wants to do jumping jacks. Yeah, um, right. And then I fast forward the main event: Robert Rude or Bobby Rude versus Roman Reigns in a tables match. Who cares? Who who cares about this anymore? I feel like the storyline's been going on for months, dude. Uh, uh, pretty much all 2019, if you think about it. Yeah, because didn't because Cor- Corbin and Reigns refuted on Raw. Yes, if they didn't feud on Raw in 2019, they sure as hell did in 2018. Um, yeah, and then I mean, LOL, Big Dog wins. He wins everything. Um, other than like the dog food thing and the cringe moments that were leading up to it, this storyline has done nothing for me to feel like I care even a little bit. I don't like Baron Corbin. Um, he's gotten better, but not to the level where I think like, oh man, he's a credible threat. He's a jabron. He's a jabron that's in the main event. Um, and then you have Roman Reigns, who's Superman. And they've kept him out of the main, the title picture for a while. He's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's going to fight the Fiend, and he's going to beat the Fiend. Corbin Corbin has heat. He has like he, he's not a, the kind of heat. Not that he the wants, kind of though. heat. Like it's not the guy, like the guy you love to hate. It's I I I hate to hate this guy. Like I I don't I hate him because I don't like hating him. I hate him just I just do not like him at all. Like he does yeah. have that kind. Of, like you mentioned that go away heat. I don't want to say it's born on the X Pac level because I I don't think it's. I mean maybe it's there. I mean I I. I I know. I still cheered when everyone was saying X Pac level heat. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I love X Pac. 
It's a, it's kind of I mean, you know what I take that back I think he does have that he, he has he's, he's had that for over a year we're like he thinks he's being like oh yeah I got him in the palm of hand no we just don't like you bro. we just don't like you <laughs> like it's not yeah. a it's not like a thing where like oh I'm such a good heel I can say anything what he does he goes out there down talks a city which always gets a boo and then he tries to be like I'm the king like I don't know bro it just does nothing for me it it, it does nothing it, I I don't feel like he's a threat at all Mm-mm. and that's the problem. Um, and then you got Dolph Ziggler, who clearly doesn't give a shit about anything. He's out there to to make his paycheck, which I mean, do you make your money, man? But when I, when I feel like he he doesn't care like at all. And why why should he? Why like if you're Dolph Ziggler at this point, you've been with the company for ten plus years, and he's still a lackey, <laughs> busted your ass, and yet why do you care? Because like you you show him you're you're better you're better than most of the guys on the roster. Absolutely, you know that. You, he's actually a very good promo guy. Give him, give him a mic. He can actually talk. Yep. He's very good on the mic. He's very good in the ring, but he, they, they've, they've pigeonholed him to where like this is who you are. You're gonna be putting these guys over. That's who he is. And at this point, it's like, all right, well, I'm here. I'm just gonna collect my paycheck. I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna clock in and clock out. And I don't blame him for that because why should you show effort after all these years you put in where you get nothing in return? No, I mean it looks like he's having fun. Um, but it also looks like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And who, like you said, who could blame him? Um, if I was in his shoes, I would, I would, I would do the same thing too as well. Like, okay, this is what I've given you for so long. If this is, if this is not how you're going to respect me, you're not going to push me, then fuck it. Fuck pay, you. Pay my money. I'll do my job and I'm out. Pin me, pay me. Pin me, pay me. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Um, a lot going on. We spent a lot of time on raw cause that's how good raw was this week. Uh, we didn't get a lot of time to talk about, uh, AEW because, I mean, there was only, like, the main he- he- highlights. There were great highlights, but as a whole, I feel like the show kind of kind of dipped in the middle, like you said. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, telling your friends, telling your neighbors. Got, oh, before that, we got more wrestling coming up as well. Remember, next Sunday, as we mentioned, is the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that. And then you got Worlds Collide coming up, and then you have NXT TakeOver coming up. Um we're already getting punched in the face pretty hard we are uh, with wrestling um but yeah we're, we'll be back we'll be back next week guys hopefully we have a new computer uh we'll see i don't know how do you guys feel about that uh let's do a GoFundMe. me <laughs> throw your pennies at us literally pennies would be great um but yeah like i said thank you for telling your friends neighbors friends neighbors neighbors of friends uh we'll be back next week with a whole new week of wrestling but until then just remember we are the new 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 world order professional podcasting and we will see you next week